You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Weddings are the celebration of all the details that make a couple perfect for each other. And you can find your perfect fit, too, at Indochino. Choose every detail of a custom-tailored suit, from lapels to linings and more, starting at just $4.99. My bad. Shh. Sorry. Find the suit that's perfect for you. Go to Indochino.com and use code PODCAST for 10% off any purchase of $3.99 or more. That's 10% off $3.99 or more at INDOCHINO.com. Code PODCAST. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Hey everyone, it's Call Me Adam. On today's episode of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam, I am chatting with acclaimed actress, 13-time Mac Award winner, Karen Mason. Between Broadway and Cabaret, you have seen Karen on stage, either in concert or in such shows as Sunset Boulevard, Mamma Mia, Wonderland, Jerome Robbins Broadway, or most recently, Love Never Dies National Tour. When we come back, we'll be talking with Karen about legacy, life lessons, and much more. So stay tuned. Hi, Karen. Hi, Adam. I caught you drinking that glass of water real quick. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Wow. A show called Bearing It All. That's It could be kind of scary here, Adam. It could be. It could be. <laughs> we are going to have so much fun. Good. Um, we're going to have as much fun as we have when we play Scrabble together. <laughs> <laughs> you're a tough competitor. I love um, it. I love playing with you because, yeah, you're you're a good challenge. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll play my next move after this interview. <laughs> 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 so um, we have so much to talk about today. So I think we should just jump right into it. Great. Great. Ready. All right. So um, we're going to start with the legacy portion of the interview. So. In X amount of years from now, when somebody mentions Karen Mason, what do you hope people say about you? Well, when I read that question, I, I uh, you know, the the uh, good Catholic schoolgirl answer is I want people to remember that I was a nice person. But, um, you know, as a as an artist and, and a singer, I think the the one thing that I would like them to remember is that they were touched by something I sang to them, that they remembered some really great memory, some sad memory, that that it 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 uh, created some wonderful connection in them. I think that that to me is important. Yes, yes. I, I mean, for me, a, a definite connection for your music uh, is one of my favorite songs that you sing is. Um, we haven't run out of love. We just ran out of time. Yeah, we ne- we we never ran out of love. We just ran out of time. Yeah. Yes. Oh, thank you. Yes. My husband wrote that. He did. I know. And I love I love that song. And especially now in this time of of COVID and and just um, as I get older, you know, mm. I think about a lot of people that have. Uh, that have been lost along the way. And it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, we didn't, there we didn't run out of love for each other. We did just run out of time, but that could also be taken in relationships. I mean, it could hmm. be a relationship that uh, went sour or 
uh, you know, like a breakup or a friendship that didn't work out. Um, That's interesting. You know, it's funny. I, I have such a specific connection to that song mm -hmm. that I've, I've actually never expanded upon it. So thank you for that. Oh, I, you you're know. welcome. Yeah. You could expand upon it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is bearing well, it all. <laughs> well, the song actually was written um, when my partner of 16 years, my musical partner and, and mentor and good friend died in 1992. You know, it was during, he died of AIDS. Brian Lasser died of AIDS. And it was after losing so many friends and so many beautiful people in, in our community. And uh, Paul and I had just, my husband, Paul Rolnick, and I had just gotten together. I mean, it was a year old, our relationship. And he saw me going through this and it was a hard time actually between the two of us because Brian wanted me closer, you know, and nobody else. Mm. And, you know, here I was engaged, newly engaged to this guy who I'm saying, listen, you can't be around me an awful lot <laughs> because I have to go take care of my dying friend. I mean, it sounds, it was such a complicated time. And when Brian passed away, um, you know, I was, I didn't know how I was going to live my life without him. And what a hard thing for somebody who's newly engaged to this woman. And she's thinking, how do I live my life without this friend? I mean, it was wildly complicated. And Paul had this hook going through his head. Um, about his dad. We never ran out of love. We just ran out of time. And he finished the song as I was going through all of this with Brian, losing Brian. And about six months after Brian died, he died November 20th. And about six months after that, he goes, you know, I, could I play something for you? And he said, I, you know, I know you can say no, here's the title. And it was like, no, no, I, I would love to hear it. I'd really love to hear it. You know, thinking I'm so strong and yes, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine. And he played the song for me and, uh, you know, it just, it, it encapsulated everything, absolutely everything I was feeling, which, mm. which is what, music has always done for me. It's always been that connection of, oh, that's what I'm feeling. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm, yes. You know, so it was, was, I mean, that time was so overwhelming for all of us mm -hmm. and just losing friends, boom, they'd be gone. And um, it was, it was a confusing and, and horrifying time. And to have this, three minute moment of clarity about, you know what, I, whatever happened, we still had our love for each other yeah. and, and whew, you know, it, it was, it's an amazing, an amazing song. As a matter of fact, Paul just won an award for that song was used as an example of his work. He won an ASCAP foundation award. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah. Exciting. I know. Yeah, it is. Do you think when he, after he presented that song to you, do you think that was a, another moment that you went, oh my God, this is another reason why Paul is so perfect for me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, somebody, a, 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 a guy who can write that. Um, when I'm used to a beautiful writer like Brian Lasser, mm -hmm. you know, who wrote with my, the way I speak, the way I think, and then to have this, uh, I mean, I knew I loved the guy, but this this was definitely another, uh, you know, another reason to, to be not only in love with him, but be... Um, so proud and enamored of him. Yes, yes. Well, speaking of Brian and your legacy with him, what is something you want people to know about your work with Brian and um, just the songs that he wrote for you? And, and, you know, when people think about your body of work, he's such a, a huge part of it. Mm. Yeah, he is. I uh, met Brian and um, I... You know, I, 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 it's taken me a long time to understand this. People have said this to me over the years. You know, it was a definitely a mutual muse um, relationship. But to me, it was always Brian was the shining light, and I was just the gleeful recipient of that, mm. of his genius. And um, Listen, I learned a great deal from him. I, I think the thing I would like people to know is that uh, I was just lucky enough and smart enough at the moment to attach myself to him mm -hmm. and uh, to have somebody who believed in me uh, as for what I could do, my, my talents, you mm -hmm. know, whatever they may be, and um, to... Uh, that I was very, very, very lucky to have somebody who believed in me so completely mm -hmm. that uh, he would write for me and arrange for me. And, you know, we both had this learning curve with each other. He was, I mean, when you hear some of the arrangements from when we first started, <laughs> they are massive. And, uh, you know, and Somebody once said to Brian, you don't have to do the history of music in every arrangement because some of them were 15 minutes long. Oh, my God. I know. It was like a quarter of the show. <laughs> and <laughs> But we had such so much fun doing it. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I, I went toward the fun and the, and the, the uh, smart of, of Brian. Um, he was an amazing, generous beautiful force in this world. And it's too bad he didn't have, you know, he died at 40, that he wasn't mm -hmm. able to really grow his talent. Mm -hmm. And honestly, to grow his talent without me. Mm. Um, I He did work with other people, mm -hmm. but I, you know, after he passed away, I realized, you know, I grew in a different way without him. And I would have loved to have seen how he would have grown without me, mm. um, you know, in his life. Yeah. I, I, it would have been a beautiful, uh, oh, somebody's at our door. Uh, it would have been a. <laughs> one time already. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it would have been a, a, an interesting uh, thing to see how he would have changed. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if this is possible, but you know, out of all the songs he wrote for you, do you have like a top three to five songs? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. They're the ones, you know, it's the ones that speak to 
to me most completely, and one of them is becoming my mother. Mm. Um, the other one is one that's not as well known. It's called We're the Lucky Ones. Mm-hmm. And that was really Brian's uh, philosophy for the most part. I mean, you know, he was human. He wasn't a, a, a super um, human. Mm-hmm. He was a, a regular guy who just happened to be wildly creative. But he, um, it's, uh, we're the lucky ones. We're the ones who have to bounce back. They can't dare to give one ounce back. We're the lucky ones. And I mean, that to him was, we're the lucky ones because we feel things. Mm. Wow. You know, no. I, I it was always to me like, don't cry, Karen. Don't, you know, be the big person, be the big, da, 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 you know, always overcome. And to him, it was the magic was in the feeling, the mm. emotion. Mm. Um, and what would be the third one? Oh, I know what it would be. It's I haven't got time. Mm. He wrote that when he was uh, sick, when he found out he had AIDS. He wrote uh, a song called uh, I Haven't Got Time. Uh, to sit and wait for love to come along. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, you know, a sad thing that he had a lot of love in his life, but never had that one Mm. that he felt was that one love. Mm -hmm. Mm. Life. Ain't it crazy? It is. It is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, I could talk, I mean, I could talk to you all day about your relationship with Brian. <laughs> I love the music. I love that story. I mean, you, you, um, a few years ago, you, you, uh, did your show Unfinished Business. Um, yeah. and he was such an intricate part of that, uh, of, of that show. So, I mean, we could go all day, but, uh, <laughs> there are other fish to fry. There are other fish to fry. Yes. <laughs> Let's actually take a quick break before we get into your theatrical endeavors. When we come back, we'll talk to Karen about her theatrical legacy and then move into some rapid-fire questions. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with Karen Mason. The new 2023 Ford Escape is the perfect getaway car. Featuring an available 13.1-inch center stack screen, 360-degree camera, and Bang & Olufsen sound system and spatial flexibility for extra legroom. The new 2023 Ford Escape. Learn more at Ford.com. Some models, trims, and features may not be available or may be subject to change. Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
Hey everyone, my name is Karen Mason and you're listening to Bearing It All with Call Me Adam. And now we're back. So I do want to talk about a lot of your theatrical credits. Um, As I mentioned at the top of the show, I mean, you've been seen in Sunset Boulevard. You were the understudy for Glenn Close. The standby, actually. I know it's, I know there are. Terminology sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) The cast system is at work. Yes. Uh, the standby is the one who's for the star and really and isn't in the show. The understudy is in the show and covers a few people, and the swings cover all the ensemble, every okay. role. Thank you for that. You're welcome. Definition that not only helps me <laughs> but it helps all of my <laughs> listeners. So you were the standby for Glenn Close. You were. Um, uh, Oh my God, I'm now forgetting the characters' names. But you were um, in Mamma Mia. Uh, yeah, it was Tanya, yes. the party girl. Yes. Woo! Uh, you were the queen in Wonderland. That's the right, the queen of hearts. Yes. Uh, you were in, now I, I can't believe, I saw Jerome Robbins Broadway. Um, <laughs> it was like one of the first, I don't know, five shows probably I saw as a kid. Oh, um, wow. we went, my whole family went, we went, uh, it was me, my parents, my brother, my aunt and uncle and my cousins. And we all came to see it. Oh my um, God. And then most recently you did the national tour of love never dies. I did Madame Jury. Yes. <laughs> so out of like all of the shows, I mean, I know you have, uh, there, you have tons of more shows than what I just mentioned, but <laughs> out of the shows you have done, which ones are you most proud of to have in your body of work? In my body of work, I would say probably, um, well, for for such different reasons, each one, but I'd say Norma Desmond was really only because of how it is to be a standby, how mm. complicated it is to be a standby. You know, you're, as my husband said, I was a very well-paid insurance policy. <laughs> so, you know, I, I would never performed until I was called to be the star of a big show. And that's kind of an odd, um, odd thing to be always having in your world, this pressure of, I could be called at any second mm-hmm. to be a huge the the star of the show, uh, you know, but for the most part, I'm sitting and watching Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, it was a strange, a strange thing. But I I'm very proud of that work because it it uh, I, I worked. I hustled my ass to. Can I say that? Yes, you can. <laughs> hey, I hustled my ass to be on top of it. You know, it's, that's the interesting thing about being a standby or a understudy or a swing is a lot of that is left up to you Mm. to learn. And so I got to watch, but watching is not doing. So I worked with a coach. I asked, I really asked everybody in, you know, who, who was in charge in that company to help me. And to their credit, each and every one of them hustled like crazy to help me and was very generous with that. So I, I, uh, I'm very proud of my work. I, I, I know over the two and a half, three years I did it that I, uh, I definitely grew in that role. At some point, I'd like to do it uh, again, just because now I'm, I was 40 when I did that show. Huh. So, you know, um, I, was a, I was a pup. <laughs> you know, for that, for that role. Mm-hmm. But I, I had a ball doing it when I got a chance to do it. And 
lucky, luckily enough, I had a great cast mm. that opened their arms to me. Um, and they didn't have to, you yeah. know, you hear horror stories about this, but they were great. But I'd say that was the, I'm the most proud of that. Yeah. Well, you should give Glenn Close a call. So when the film version comes out, you could work out some sort of deal with her. <laughs> that, you know, you could share the role or make it like a dual role. You know? Yeah, Adam, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but um, that's, a, that's a, a lovely thing. Actually, I'd be very happy when the movie comes out. I'd be happy just to play, a, you know, a, a person in the background in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be great. Well, maybe there'll be another production of it somewhere. Yeah, well, listen, when productions come back, I'm sure they're going to, you know, it's, I'm sure people are going to do it because it's really a, um, it's a classic. Yeah. It really is. Yes. Big old thing. Yes. There is some YouTube video. Um, I know on uh, your YouTube page that uh, of you singing some of the songs from the show. So uh, everybody listening, you have to go to Karen's YouTube page and check them out because it's truly amazing. Oh, well, thank you so much. Thank you. Now we're going to go to the other extreme. Are there any shows, (laughs) (laughs) are there any shows uh, in your uh, body of work that you wish you could remove? So like, so like they, if someone, if someone, you know, years from now thought of you, you know, were, was reading about you, you would be, they wouldn't even know that you were in those shows because you could just take them out. Well, um, uh, let's see. Um, probably, well, <laughs> you know, this is, <laughs> I, you tread on very delicate. Yes, yes. <laughs> Terra, you know, Terra Farmer here because uh, you never know who's going to be listening and right. going, yeah, but that was my show and she'll never appear <laughs> in any of my shows from this day forward. Um, most of the shows, uh, you know, I enjoyed or learned some valuable lessons. Mm. So, uh, or have really great stories uh, to tell afterwards. So I don't know if I'd want them removed. Perhaps... I would have liked to have been smarter when they happened so that maybe I could have remembered a little bit more about them. Cause there were a few, there, there was one and this was, um, I did it with, Oh, it was a, a really wonderful cast, Polly Penn and myself and Vicki Lewis and Monica. Oh, I can't remember her last name. And then one guy, and it was called the Don Juan and the non Don Juan. It was at the vineyard. Yes, I know. Great title. <laughs> and um, yeah, uh, Vicki Lewis was a troublemaker and she, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and I adored working with her. This was the second show that I had done with her. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, I get my um, show and I'm not, I don't veer too much from once I have it in my bones, you know, there'll be a little bit of, of, uh, uh, going, being more immediate, but mm-hmm. she is somebody who is just right. She'll do anything, do anything. <laughs> and there was one moment where, yes, and this, she played my young son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. and interesting casting. And she played my young son. And at one time she was sitting up on this set piece and I was right next to her and I was telling her, I don't even remember. It was some sad thing, you know, 
my young son, be brave, blah, blah, blah. And she turns around and licks my face. <laughs> and I could not, I, it's like, I, it took me by such surprise that I just kind of turned away <laughs> with my back to the audience and laughed. I could not stop laughing. It made me laugh so hard. That is how I'm not very good at maintaining control. I'm just not. And this, you know, it's a, a it, my cast members know it. And I usually warn them, please do not during important moments, do anything to throw me off. <laughs> they have no self-control. I was going to say, does that make them more inclined to do something <laughs> because you have warned them and they know? Yes, some of them. Yes. <laughs> I've learned to roll just a little bit, little bit more with the punches, but mm -hmm. you know, I it just made me laugh so hard. And the good thing is, I don't get angry about it. It's just, you know, it just I have no control. Right. <laughs> I love that. Do you remember how long it took you to like compose yourself? Well, it probably felt like about twenty minutes, but I'm <laughs> sure it was. You know, I tried to get through my next lines, and I eventually I did. But you know that. The thing with someone like that who is so good at, at that trickery is they don't break. Right. <laughs> they don't break at all. And so, you know, I'm left there standing, giggling with my shoulders going <laughs> up and down like this. <laughs> That's such a great story. I love that. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Well, the other part uh, I do also want to... Um, talk about is that you've also sung uh, songs for other composers like Michelle Browerman and Scott Evan Davis. Yes. Um, so how do you want, like, what do you want people to know about those songs and, you know, um, that part of your career? Well, I'd like it to be uh, continued because I love singing. Um, or I love singing original songs. I love singing uh, these really wonderful composers. Yeah, I feel very lucky that I, I, it's, you know, it's an honor when a songwriter gives you a song of theirs and says, would you do a demo for us? Or would you do, it's an honor because there are a hundred billion singers in this world. Mm -hmm. And to have that trust bestowed, you know, upon you. It's big. Um, Scott Evan Davis uh, wrote the song. He, he, he wrote this song because he had watched a Golden Girls episode and, uh, you know, asked if I would do the demo for him. And uh, it's such a beautiful, beautiful song. The song that was written by Scott Evan Davis is called Save Me the Rose. And he asked me to do that. We did a beautiful demo of it. And uh, I told him he should write a musical about the Golden Girls. Because, <laughs> you know, especially as I get older, I'm looking for, you know, more of these older women projects to do. Um, uh, and, you know, with Michelle, uh, I did a, a presentation of uh, a musical that she wrote. And... Uh, great. These are great songwriters. You know, yeah. it's such a complicated business that we are in that these great songwriters um, 
you know, don't have multi-million shows on Broadway, mm -hmm. multi-million dollar shows on Broadway. These are great songwriters. I mean, Amanda McBroom, mm -hmm. I did a, uh, a, um, a show called Heartbeats at a Good Speed. And her music just, it really sings to my heart. Mm -hmm. I mean, I she and Michelle have been writing for a long time and they have a billion other projects. But, you know, I why why shouldn't they have big shows? I don't totally understand how business works, which is, you know, always been a bit of a, oh, uh, you know, I wish I did comprehend it. On yeah. Some level, but it seems... Mm, beyond my ken yes yes no i i hear you on that and i love how you you sing i mean you've done songs for like such established songwriters as michelle and amanda mcbroom and and scott's you know he's on, on his up, way up and oh, up. Yes, yes yeah definitely and and you you sing for both of you know it's great that you you know sing for everybody and um Oh, well, I got to, I got a chance to do this. This was really fun was my friend, Billy Goldenberg, who mm. wrote ballroom. And I mean, won Emmy after Emmy after Emmy for his uh, TV themes. And he asked me when they were doing, they wanted to uh, present um, ballroom to Barbara Streisand. Uh-huh. And so he asked, he and the Bergmans asked me to do the demo for that. And actually, the when, when I sang with Billy at the piano, I mean, talk about a thrill. Such a gentle, beautiful man he was. Mm. And the Bergmans were so lovely to me. I mean, these are the freaking Bergmans. Mm. And freaking Billy Goldenberg, and I'm in a studio with them, and they're going, oh, that's so magnificent. And I'm, <laughs> you know, it's just, you can't, I can't quite comprehend it. You know, I walk away giggling. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, it was it was really thrilling. It was really thrilling. I, I'd done demos for Michael Feinstein and for really great people. I'm very honored, very honored. That's so great. Well, we're so lucky to have such a, a plethora of songs sung by you. So, well, thank you. So we're we're lucky to have a plethora of great songwriters. You yes, know? yes, definitely, definitely. Let's continue on because we, we do have to start wrapping things up. Um, yes. So let's do some quick rapid fire questions. Okay. Uh, favorite TV show? <laughs> uh, the Mary Tyler Moore Show. Yes. Oh, Jim Edwards, who I used to work with at Spotco. He's going to be so happy you said that. Oh, I love Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> yes. Um, favorite musical? Um, Gypsy. Mm -hmm. Favorite play? Oh, uh, actually, um, I, I really love Morning Becomes Electra. <laughs> mm. um, the, the beautiful, um, uh, the text of that is magnificent. It's just magnificent. I love it. And I, you know, it's it's sad. So it kind of feeds <laughs> right into that part of my personality. <laughs> Favorite cereal? Uh, oh, um, oatmeal. Hmm. Yeah. Favorite comfort food? <laughs> ice cream. Yes. Peppermint ice cream. Yum. Yes. Uh, favorite game show? Jeopardy. Yes. <laughs> I, I know what you're going to say for this, but I'm going to ask the question anyway. Favorite board game? 
Scrabble. Scrabble. Go to karaoke song. You know, I've never done karaoke. Really? Uh, I know. Isn't that? I, I always am too embarrassed. What? Uh, I know. You can it's actually sing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, <laughs> I, I, we were on a, a cruise where they did karaoke, and uh -huh. Paul got up and sang. Um, I think it was Nights in White Satin or something uh -huh. like that, some rock, old rock thing. And I thought, oh, gosh, no, because it's never in my key, and mm. I'm always afraid I'm going to sound, you know. You, karaoke always happens also after drinking. Mm. And by that time, I sound horrible. <laughs> so I've never really done it. Isn't that funny? That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, and your go-to emoji when texting? Heart. I hate to say I use it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we are unfortunately out of time for today's episode. Part two of my interview with Karen Mason will be coming soon, where we discuss lessons learned. So stay tuned. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story, for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him, had him, lived for the business of show. CallMeAdam.com Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag. 